Footy and Frothy's Daggy and Barney are back with you to get stuck into week one of the 2023 finals. Rough one for you, mate. Yeah, what do you do? Was um, what well, didn't come unexpected. True. <laughs> they, um, a lot of fight out of the Sharks, which was good to watch. But um, yeah, some pretty poor decisions to be made along the way, which um, ended up costing them in the end. So yeah, uh, but two. Four good games of rugby league, but uh, two Absolutely. tight ones, uh, entertaining ones. I wasn't bored by any means across the weekend, which is all I ask for from my footy. <laughs> uh, how is everything else going, all right? Yeah, mate. No, things are going okay. Got um, plenty of work on, which keeps me busy. So, yourself? Good. Nice. <laughs> yeah, no, always, um, always something to do. So Yeah, sorry, same. Yeah, no, getting into it. Getting into Spring Carnival, of course, which... Uh, it's so far so good productivity-wise, so check that out and show us your tips uh, over the spring. Uh, Barn, of course, traditionally for the last four years has joined us for the Melbourne Cup as well. So mm. I think I tipped about 15 to. things that ran third or fourth last week, so <laughs> That's good, good weekend. So stay tuned for Barney's <laughs> tips. Can't wait. Uh, let's get in. But, yeah, now it's good. Everything's going good. Can't complain. Coaching a young fella at cricket now, so ah, very kicks good. kicks off this week. Oh, young daughter as Part well. Part some of the wisdom. Mm. Poor bugger. <laughs> so big for a proper coach. But anyway, see what we can produce there. Uh, let's get into some news, shall we? What do you uh, got? Well, signing news. Paul Alamote signed with the Panthers today. Didn't see that coming, but no. they've signed him up uh, as a backup centre, I assume. Maybe even a starting centre. He's on a one-year deal there. Brad Schneider, which was the rumour, officially is back from uh, the UK to fill the Jack Cogger spot. So couple of Penrith signings. Hudson Young's extended to 2027 at Canberra, so wrapping him up. Uh, Kyle Flanagan, in a win for nepotism everywhere, is signed with the Dragons to, for two years uh, to join his old man. can't remember if we talked about that last week or not. Anyway, it's happened. No, I don't think we did. Uh, any thoughts on any – and, uh, yeah, yeah, on sort of rumour, but uh, apparently Jareen Ball has been offered a five-year million-dollar deal. By the, Tigers. by the Tigers yeah, to stick around, which they really I guess need to they um, can, um, bump that offer up. I know they already um, offered him a fair bit of money as a kid, but um, he's already, you know, the, the fact that he's come out and shown what he can do, he, they, they really needed to increase that offer if they were going to, if there's any chance of keeping him. Hudson Young's a, um, a good one. Uh, I dare say they make him the face of the club for the next five or ten years, I would imagine. I, I dare say they'll try and um, cement him in that squad for probably the rest of his career and, um, be the leader of that forward pack going forward. Because mm. um, he's someone that never lacks effort and consistently always uh, putting in some, the last two or three years. He's been uh, one of their their uh, leaders realistically and uh, not not being in that leader position, but he's um, led by his actions and he's consistently always in and around the ball. So um, Alamade is interesting. Penrith will trade him up and I guess they'll give him a year to see whether he fits the bill or whether he moves on. But... Um, can't hurt to go to, as we mentioned with Snyder last week, it's not, it's not going to hurt to go to Penrith. They seem to be able to produce exactly. some pretty bloody good football players coming out of that um, stable there. So, Well, the, you, you, Ed Muno on potential, he could be a, could be a star. Mm-hmm. He's a junior star. And, yeah, as you said, any, if any system's going to get out of him, it'd be Penrith. Uh, I, I wonder how much conversations had between Seraldo and back and forward recommending or not recommending or whether he just went and saw the opportunity. But it's interesting uh, as they look. I guess there is a centre spot up for grabs with Crichton going. Yep. Peachy on the cards, I suppose. Might probably get his first crack off this year. But they've got 
a stack of outside backs that are all going to be knocking the door down. 100%. Injury-wise, uh, well, there's some carnage across the weekend. Wasn't there? Uh, the big one, uh, Ryan Pappenhausen's had, I believe, five or six screws put his ankle, the poor bugger, mm-hmm. on the back of having Nelson land across his leg there. It didn't look pretty, but it's better than first anticipated. They're hoping he might even be back, you know, mid-pre-season. Start pre-season. Yeah, start of next year. So that was very, very sad sight and uh, fingers crossed that there's no long-term repercussions out of that. Yeah, a lot of pain, poor bugger. Mm. Uh, Xavier Coates also did his ankle in the game. He's out this week. Uh, young Tonema Pia may not have been selected, but he's also out with a head knock, as yep. I'll get you just to lift your mic up a tad. Uh, Joey Manu, Joseph Swaley and Billy Smith are all out this week. Hamstring again. And a couple of head knocks there. So broken jaw for Billy Smith. Broken apparently. jaw, is it? Mm. He's another one that's had a played thirty-five minutes horrible, with a broken jaw. Um, horrible five years essentially. Didn't look that bad with um, there was high contact there from Hazelton, but it didn't actually look like the contact was that bad. But yeah, come turns out he played thirty-five minutes with a broken jaw, so must have been some pretty clean mm. contact. Uh, I hate. Well, obviously he has to be eating through a straw for a while, but mm. at least it should mean he gets most of preseason. Yeah, you because he was in so. quite good form. Absolutely. Uh, Back end of the year, he was yeah. flying. Andrew, I guess we're all waiting. The other news of the day is what happens with Jack Whiten, who pleaded not guilty to a biting charge. And as right at now, there is... The, as at 8.05, the panel's now considering the length of the ban. They're trying to push for a couple of weeks. He's been found guilty okay. of biting. Uh, despite the fact that Gamble didn't want to put in any further statement. And, yeah, the, the White and Defence has pushed for two weeks, but we'll see what comes out there. I'd imagine, I'm thinking probably a month. That's all the, everything you heard during the day today was a month. Um, considering the, the young lady got six weeks <laughs> just mm. the week before, and um, I don't think the evidence was much worse than what you saw out of, uh, out of the White and situation. And their um, season's realistically half of what the NRL is. So that's figuratively a 12-week ban. You, you would think that it would get at least four weeks, but especially if you found him guilty. I, I don't know how they find him guilty. The, the video evidence, unless there's other angles, obviously, which we haven't seen, we're not privy to. There might be a different angle that um, says that he was guilty. But to me, it looked more like a, a pretty forceful grapple tackle in, in and around the mouth than, than, than anything else. So. I thought the end of the shot, one of the shots looked more condemning where you could, it looked like he was biting down or trying to spit his I saw his him open out. his mouth up. I tried right. as well, as well okay, mm. having a second, half a second go there. But anyway, I didn't deliberate. I didn't see those angles. And I guess we'll wait and see. We'll know by the end of the yeah, show. Yeah, 100%. Uh, any other, anything else you've got to touch on? We just quickly, I thought, and this is courtesy of sportingnews.com.au, uh, a list of the club award winners to date so very okay. quickly yeah. I thought it might be something interesting no, but good. Canberra Raiders uh, Joseph Tarpane was voted their player of the year yep. Seb Chris won the coaches award uh, for the Bulldogs Jacob Preston was their 2023 winner Karaz yep. uh, coaches award and Preston pretty much swept the rest of the awards there uh, nothing from the Sharks yet and nothing from Brisbane yet uh, Izako for the Dolphins was the inaugural Arthur Beetson medalist. Yes. Uh, with Katawa being Rookie of the Year. Gold Coast Titans, still waiting to hear. You'll be shocked to know, we mentioned this last week, Manly uh, DCE won the, their player's player. 
No, I'm not surprised. And Caelan Ponga won the Newcastle Players Player, the Danny Badiris Award, uh, or Newcastle Players Award, Player of the Year Awards. Players Player was Tyson Brazil. New Zealand Warriors, Sean Johnson. Players Player, Sean Johnson. Uh, Parramatta Eels, Gutho. 2023, and he won pretty much everything else. Greg got their Rookie of the Year. And Blake Laurie was the Dragons Player of the Year. Also the um, Players Player, Jareem Buller, in his first year. Not only won Rookie of the Year, but won uh, the Player of the Year for the Tigers. And, yeah, there's a list there. I guess something interesting. Yeah, I thought Appy might have got that one. Um, Jacob Preston, well-deserved. Uh, definitely the best player that we saw out of the Bulldogs. And um, what was the one that you just mentioned just before the Tigers? Laurie? Yeah, another one, well-deserved, was fantastic, especially once he took over the captaincy. He grew another leg, uh, uh, just given effort on effort. It was fantastic. And was, yeah, the Dragons' best player, I thought, as well. So I think they got pretty much spot on with most of those awards mm-hmm. from what you've said. Uh, let's... Yeah, that's about it. And for the news, let's get to our reviews. The finals kicked off Friday night, 26-0. Brisbane over Melbourne. Uh, took them about a half to really find their feet, Brisbane. It was a mm. scrappy first half. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't see Melbourne find their feet at all, but what did the stats say? It was pretty competitive. Um, definitely physical. Four tries to zero and four out of four conversions for the Broncos. One out of one penalty attempt for Brisbane. And a missed two-point field goal right on half-time from the Brisbane side. 75% completion, played 67%. 297-plus running metres and 131-plus post-contact metres for the Broncos. Five line breaks to one. 57 tackle busts to 32. Six offloads to 14. Two force dropouts from both sides. A 40-20 from the Broncos. 276 tackles, played 326. 12 errors from both teams. Five penalties conceded. From Brisbane, 10 conceded from the Storm. Two ruck infringements against the Storm and one inside the 10 against the Storm. This was probably the most unsettled Melbourne have looked Absolutely. all year in attack. I know they went out of their way to get in a few people's faces and maybe yeah. get get Harry and... Um, <laughs> Wasn't he in a bad mood? <laughs> Munster, they were producing some, some pumpkin-headed <laughs> efforts at times in this game, but that, as a game plan, fair enough, because it put them <laughs> off their game. Uh, whether that's embellic of how much they haven't played together over the year, really. We've spent so much time in... in but this shouldn't be an excuse. They've been together for no. three or four years as a team. That the spine especially. Uh, but their attack uh, was pretty ordinary at times. Physically, they matched up. Yeah. Uh, when... Well, oh, for, for parts. For, uh, Nelson coming on really probably dragged them back in the game, actually. Mm. Because um, early on they got owned, but they did. Uh, I thought that um, on top of not looking great, when they did get the momentum, they just—it's like almost like watching some of the Tigers games. Threw it away it was within a heartbeat. Let Reynolds kick one out and kick a fifty-meter dropout to give ball back to Over them. The sideline, yeah. um, blew a couple of scrums. Uh, there was a couple of the dumb plays early in sets. Uh, it just didn't really look like a Melbourne finals effort. I don't know the occasion or flustered, but ultimately. Uh, and I'll let you talk about the Brisbane attack and what you thought of Melbourne. But ultimately, yeah, the 15-game hoodoo, whatever it is, been ended now and ended pretty emphatically. Blown away. Um, scramble defence for mine was the, pretty much the order of the weekend. I don't know how many tries you saw saved to, on uh, in every game. There was a minimum two or three tries getting saved just by fantastic scramble defence. Melbourne had to absolutely scramble their ass off in that first half not to be behind by probably 20 points going into yeah. 
into that first half because Brisbane were just running all over them at different points in that first half. It was a very tense and tough game, especially in that first half. Um, Brisbane had all the ball for the first 10 minutes or so and just camped down there on the, on the Melbourne's try line and they did turn them away quite a few times. But um, they just seemed to be playing at a different speed than the Melbourne team. They play the ball was so much faster. The um, the physical efforts out of their front out of their forward pack was just astonishing. Some of those contacts you could hear come through the television yeah. with the big boys just belting into the defenders, and um, they were just bouncing guys all over the place in the in, especially in the first twenty minutes of the game. Um, the Storm did pretty well, I thought, to stay in touch in that first forty minutes, but um, they seemed nervous. They seemed very nervous for a team that had has so much experience in and around. That spine, um, yeah, they, they seemed very, very nervous and made quite a few errors early on in the match. A um, couple of beautiful individual efforts was what really got the Broncos away from the storm early in the game. Now, that first try, it was a beautiful short ball from Reynolds, but that, that line that was run by Staggs and beats four of them on the way to the try line yeah. and takes one with him as he crashes over. And then um, followed up by Ricky, who did basically the same thing, just a little bit closer to the post. Off again, another sublime little short ball off Adam Reynolds, just holding it up and timing it perfectly, hitting him on the chest and putting him through a hole. I think I heard a conversation this morning where they talked about, well, Reynolds came out and said that the plan was to play left or night. And yep. as soon as Ricky scored early on, they they just decided to move stags the target. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, stags uh, not right, stags, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and I think all of their points came on that right edge. Mm. It was not a great defensive night for Tonorapia. Yep. Uh, Munster, as a result, was floundering at times. And he, he got completely stood up a couple of times. Yeah, well, um, that last try he was with daylight. The last one wasn't with daylight. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty um, sure the Stags one on the first one as sorry, well. Sorry, the Ricky one and then, off. and then yeah, obviously Cobo was the, the. I think he was the, in the and around rider. every every try to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Munster getting pushed off, and once the other, I think he just got ran straight past, and they, he didn't touch him, but. Um, the, yeah, he beat four on his way to the line, and they they continued that up tempo physical game, and that Storm couldn't go with them. Mm. Like they they were completely gassed by the last twenty minutes of this game. And after um, the after the Ricky try, I think I messaged you or messaged a chat and said that um, Melbourne did well to scramble and not concede another twenty here because I thought yeah, yeah. I thought the gates were about to open and they were really going to blow them. Well, they just kept them on the back away. foot, like with the, playing that quick at, uh, through the play the ball. They, they just kept them on the back foot for the whole night. Whenever they did seem to get some um, get some field position and get down Brisbane's end, it was pinpoint kicking from Reynolds that got them back, pin them back down in their corner and make them do all that tough shit again to mm-hmm. try and get back to halfway. Uh, he was brilliant in this game uh, and really pushed the, the Storm's defence around. It was, I mentioned Ricky um, Walsh's effort as well was another lovely bit of, um, you know, Got put into a half a hole and his footwork and speed just got him past two and three defenders for him to get through. And then he just can beat the fullback all ends up to score. <laughs> to score. Um, really the only one that was sort of conjured by the halves apart from a short ball was the, the Cobo one, which was yeah. a beautiful little rainbow, rainbow ball out to the, the winger. But it just came down to physical ball running and that you know the, the want to run that line and not worry about getting hit. And you know, a bit of footwork and pace, and well, and it was the two usual suspects that set that up. Yeah, Walsh and mm. Walsh and um, Reynolds just oh, and had, oh, had some carry across. Oh, through the middle, physi- yeah, 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 to be able through the physicality, yeah, yeah, through yeah. just to keep him on the back foot for so long. Um, Coates was the best of the back five by far for the Storm, but they didn't have a lot 
going on there. Um, Nelson Sims and Eisenhuth were good off the bench. King and Kamikamika were, were very good in the middle, but um, Hines was their most productive player. He seemed to be the only one that looked like breaking the, the Broncos' defence, and it didn't really happen at all with any part of the... Hey, Hughes. Hughes, yes. Yeah, did I say Hines? Yes. Did I? I meant to say Hughes. <laughs> but um, Jerome Hughes, yeah, looked like the only bloke who was going to break open the line at any point and um, just still couldn't get it done. It was, yeah, it was complete domination. I thought it probably should have been a 40 nil score line yeah. realistically. But um, Melbourne's scramble defence was good enough to keep him from being uh, completely blown away. There was uh, Cobbo, Hetherington were good. Staggs and Carrigan were fantastic. You throw Farnworth and Ricky in there as well. They all played fantastically well. Uh, but it was the three, the, the big three that get points pretty much every week in Reynolds, Walsh and Payne Haas. They were just brilliant. They absolutely did everything that they had to do and completely controlled this match for the Broncos side. Yeah. I, Carrigan's hard done by not to get points, but uh, I'll agree with you. What order are you going? For our player of the finals. Yeah, I had Reynolds with the three. Yeah. Without, without his kicking game and a couple of those short passes for those try assists, um, it's a completely different game, I thought. Uh, then I had Payne Haas with the two. Uh, again, another one just laid the platform. They don't get into the positions they get in without him on the field. And Bruce Walsh with the one. Yeah, and Honor mentioned both Cape, uh, not Cape, Carrigan and Ricky. Carrigan, who, Ricky yeah, had a, a Ricky real was game. Stags, uh, I know he, were both he had that edge, but his physicality was pretty, was outstanding actually in this game as well. Yeah, well, it started, he started the year fantastically as well, and then sort of had a bit of a lean trot through the middle of the year. There was an injury in there as well, but getting back to his best form now. But yeah, ultimately, the best or second best team looked exactly like it in this game, and mm. that was pretty clear. We get to the other best or second best team. <laughs> Take on the Warriors here, thirty-two to six at Blue Bet, uh, which looks very different in the afternoon. It was a bit odd looking bit. at mm. uh, watching it in the uh, Middle Avo, but uh, another clinical performance from Penrith, who are just so good at what they do. But what do the stats say? Five tries to one, five out of five conversions played, one out of one for the Warriors, one out of one penalty attempt for Penrith. 82% completion played, 72%. 556-plus running metres and 128-plus post-contact metres for the Penrith side. Nine line breaks to zero, five, 55 tackle busts to 26, 10 offloads from both teams, one force dropout from Penrith, 359 tackles played, 400. Eight errors to 14, four penalties conceded to six, two ruck infringements to one. Again, like three quarters of the last three seasons, Penrith were dominant. <laughs> they weren't just good. They weren't just better. They were just dominant in this, this almost every position um, of the field. Flattered New Zealand. Yeah, it could have again. been 50. could have yeah. been 60. But as I said, like three quarters of the last three years, they've dominated opponents. They haven't just beaten teams. Yeah. They have ground them into the dirt and made them look like subpar, op- like well subpar opposition. And they did it again here in the first fi- first week of the finals. What was so apparent, uh, and I use the analogy heaps now, we would use the old Chinese cuts one we used to do, but mm-hmm. 20 minutes into this game, before a point was scored, oh, maybe, maybe it was 6-0. Yeah, it was uh, 6-0. And the Warriors were in deep water, like they were in the deep water and they didn't like it. No. <laughs> uh, but what Panif do is that they know, as, as I've said for four years, they earn the right, they know the points will come. So they don't, mm. they, they don't differ from 100%. their shape. They don't do, they do the same thing. If you go back and watch all their tries, they do the same thing for all, for five of the six tries. 
five of the six tries, yep. but someone else scores as a result. Absolutely. It's, it's uh, the forward. There's no real... Um, and they go out of their way. There's not a heap of... Um, Trying to get compare. If you watch, say, the Bulldogs, or, or actually the Tigers are. Well, we're not. I'm not trying to compare the Tigers to the Panthers because it's not fair <laughs> on either party. But if you watch how much ball the Tigers have in their in opposition twenty all year, I think they're second to Panthers or, or first in the, the ball movement, the changes of angles. There's four tackles yeah. that the Tigers have hit ups on. Yeah, 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 and then someone kicks it out in the fall or something. No, Penrith go one two. Penrith have Penrith have yeah. something happening within. If it's not the second set, or, or someone's running a different angle, mm-hmm. or someone's having a different hit up, or they're moving. If you even look at the teams, the two teams that went out this week, like Canberra and Cronulla, that once Penrith go to shape, they'll go to an edge, and they'll come back to the other side with shape. Yeah. Whereas you'll see Penrith, uh, the, sh- the likes of the Sharks and Canberra will set up again. Yeah. They'll come back with that one hit up, which just gives the defence the time to adjust and get back out to that other side. Whereas Penrith will come back with a double wrap around and then hit the other mm-hmm. edge. And then they'll become, if they do come back to the middle, they're coming back to the middle with two blokes running at two different angles yeah. and giving the, the ball player two different options. So it just completely makes the defence, it's and, different and, gravy. And all of a sudden, either someone's scoring untouched or mm-hmm. Tuo's got like a 20-metre <laughs> gap where he just wanders in. So it's just yeah. amazing to watch. Uh, Cleary was phenomenal in this game. But, and this isn't a knock on his effort because I'm giving three points. Uh, he oh, was absolutely, absolutely outstanding yeah. and directed everything, including managing a try assist with one shoe on. <laughs> but uh, what it's what everyone else does so well at their job that makes him look so good. So he doesn't score that last try uh, if everyone else's bodies in motion aren't doing where aren't where they should be because yeah, he sucked them in for the first four. But he also so everyone's just either cooked or or already trying to follow the other defender, and then he can make those. And he's you know big enough body. I think he ended up making about twenty three runs in this game. Yeah, he did. And quite a few of them were early in this game. So that also that running in that first five or ten minutes, having three and four and five runs in that first ten minutes, really opens up your outside men too. So Mm. he's giving them extra options as well as them providing options to to him because now they they're sitting back on their heels going oh is he going to dig on the inside shoulder or I have to stay you know I have to stay set and then there's a short ball on the outside shoulder and then they just brush past the defender yeah. and he's standing there looking like an idiot because he didn't know which way to go so <laughs> exactly uh where are you going here to talk about some stuff anything else but apart from, like it's a very hard team to analyze because everyone is so good at what they do yeah, well, four minutes in, it felt like um, it's going to be a pretty comfortable win. And 20 minutes in, it just looked like it was going to be dominant. Yeah. Five or six minutes later, it was just proven. Like Penrith, just, as you said, just went through the motions. Every sort of 10 or 15-minute increments into the game, they just cranked up a little bit more pressure, continually kicked into the corners, absolutely made the Warriors work their ass out just to get into, you know, into range of the 50-metre 50 50 line, let alone get down into Penrith's half. Um what Penrith do really well is they target. They they put targets on players. Like you, every time you saw Fanua Blake or Torhu Harris touch the ball, they had two and three blokes coming in from all different angles to try and put a shot on them. Yeah. You know? And you're going to get sick of that after a while. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter how good you are. You're going you're gonna to get sick of getting hit from three different <laughs> angles and getting hit hard. Um, they both had pretty good games, but they were – no, like Tohu, Tohu, they had the edge taken off him compared to. Like, I what? know he's carrying yeah. an back injury, but he made fifty-six tackles. But uh, he didn't look himself. They didn't have times. the effect. Uh, the, yeah, they didn't have the effect on the attack as they normally do. Obviously, Sean Johnson there doesn't help, but he's not stopping any of these tries that Penrith scored either. 
So that's <laughs> you, right. that's you right. could add a try or two maybe to the Warriors tally, but you're not taking anything off Penrith. So um, it didn't really matter. Um, I mentioned the running game early from 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 Cleary. What I really like is that angled run. You saw it so many times where he, he angles to the outside shoulder of the defender and then he'll straighten up. And as I said just before, the defender then is now pushing his weight back on his inside shoulder and that opens up the short ball, it opens up the cutout pass and it opens up the rainbow ball because they're all yeah. now standing on their heels going, oh, do we need to, do we need to jam in or not? And, yeah, it was just fantastic. Yo really helped him create space in this one. Um, I know we had problem. We were worried about the dummy half a lot, but you've seen what Penrith had done to counteract that. Yeah, Yo basically just stands behind the dummy half, and they they just shovel it straight to him, and then he he plays as that hey, dummy half say, one or two Mitch steps. Kenny back. was fantastic in defence in this game. No, he is. He was, he yeah, he's rock solid in defence. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been. I think that's the whole reason they've had him there is yeah. to shore up that middle throughout the entirety of the year. And he does. He's not bad with his service off the ground, but. Yo is just so creative when they can give him that, that short pass off the dummy half and then he works in and around on the edges of the ruck. He really um, gave Penrith a lot more space there on the outside edges, which helped them. Um, Cleary's uh, kicking game was in another, on another level as well. Like him and Reynolds at the moment are just in a different, a different level to everybody else in the competition uh, with, the, with their kicking games. It's brilliant. Uh, apart from probably obviously DCE, but he's not around at the moment. So, <laughs> um, yeah, there were some some really big holes around the ruck, but the big problem I think for the Warriors is again, as we've mentioned, out in the centres and on the edges, they got there were some massive holes out there, and they got opened up pretty convincingly at times from this Penrith side, and I, I can see some of the other teams in this comp being able to do that as well. So, um, especially one that they were coming up against this week with Ponga being able to expose some edges out there with Gay Guy and Young and Mazu and all the attacking threats out there. Yeah. Newcastle have to be a hell of a lot better than they were this week, but um, you know, there's, there is opportunities out there for them. I thought Chans and uh, Dallin were, were pretty good. Berry was okay. Tamari Martin, I thought, had a pretty good game, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, tried his guts out, but wasn't um, you know, overly productive. Fanil Blake was good. But Harrison, uh, Torhu Harrison, Egan were the best for the, the Warriors and that was just the amount of work that they got yeah. through because they had two in the middle of the field because Penrith just kept pumping through there. Um, Fish and Leota and Garner were really good. Um, Garner's had two two good, really good back-to-back -back games, actually. The Penrith side, Edwards, Taruva were great. Crichton, Toto and um, Isaiah Yeo were awesome, but it was all, all the points to Cleary. <laughs> just give him all the points. I don't care. Let's give him no. all the points. Cleary six. <laughs> I gave Yo two, and then I had Liam Martin for one. I thought Liam Martin would, again, love to see the eyes rolling around. He was hitting those lines and hitting blokes in and around the ribs and doing a bit of damage. So. Uh, uh, Dylan Edwards would be the only that I'd mention. Yeah, 100%. Uh, his support play was... Um, and he cracked open that middle a couple of times yeah, off his and, own back. Yeah, uh, could have, probably should have passed to Crichton. Mm. And there's, you know, there's another six points here, but uh, he... Went out of his way to really hammer that front door through periods of this game. So, uh, great effort. Who do you want to be with, Brisbane or Penrith? It's going to be a grand final. It might be the best grand final we've had in might be years. the best grand final we've seen in a long time. <laughs> um, oh, Penrith on consistency, but there's, a little, there's something about that Brisbane side that they can, you know, they can put 20 to 30 what, points on in the space of about half an hour. What, what Brisbane minutes. will do is hit the Penrith forwards harder than 
they've been hit for three months. Yeah, and uh, they've got and some X factor. But they, they need the to score. The, the template's there. They need to score first and score maybe twice. They probably need two or three tries you early. Need, yeah. I've said it for three years now. You've got to make them chase twelve or eighteen, uh, and then Reynolds has got, has got to get on the phone to DCE and then kick kick low, make their foot take that um, kick return out of the back line. Yeah. And work back from there. there there's, uh, I'd be pretty happy having my money on Penrith, but um, I, I would too. Wouldn't I, shock me if I've, Brisbane came out spent, and well, put 20, 20 points on in the space of ten or fifteen minutes. I've spent so. three years trying to get Penrith beat, so I'm going to stop doing it now. <laughs> I'll stick with Penrith, but I think this will be should be a cracker. The other thing they've both got in their favour is they're both fit. I just want to see the forward battle, mate. Yeah. I, I want to see sixty minutes of those two packs just belting absolute crap yeah. out of each other. Uh, that that is it, it will be. A proper game of football, mm-hmm. uh, which is sometimes we don't get grand finals. No. Yeah, but as I was saying, uh, a lot of these other teams that we're about to talk about have fallen to bits as well. Yeah. Not just um, a lot of injuries. Like, yeah. and we see it every year. Those their epic prelim finals. Or they limp they in and then snap uh, their Achilles on yeah, the way through. They just, <laughs> they, they, they're just walking shots. Like I, yeah. I would have said both these teams are straight sets, but they're coming against two teams that are also busted. I mm. said Melbourne straight sets on. I did say Melbourne straight sets on Friday night. I said Warriors straight sets Saturday, but they're now playing two teams. That if the Roosters didn't lose those three outside backs, I'd be putting money on the Roosters. And I think, and I'm probably going to when we get there, probably still tip Newcastle. But uh, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't even looked at what's happening <laughs> in those two teams. We'll get but, to that. Um, two fantastic performances from the two best teams all year. And generally, we see one of these teams drop one in this first week, so it's mm. a nice yep. change that. We're on track for the for that grand final. Seven or eight o'clock that night, we saw thirteen twelve the the Roosters squeak home against the Sharks in a, a physical worthy game. As my headphones keep flying up, and I might just pause this and switch <laughs> it because give me the shits now. The running repairs seem to have done the job. Usually helps when I pull the right cable. Anyway, you press record too, uh, uh, oh, yeah, no, I've done on. that. Hey, look Very at me, good. I'm like a professional and shit. <laughs> uh, th- yeah, thirteen twelve. Sharks over Roosters Barn. Uh, what'd you make? We'll get in the stats and then you can uh, have the first hit up. Two tries apiece, two missed conversions for Cronulla, two out of two for the Roosters, two out of two penalty goals for Cronulla, a missed two point field goal, and one out of one for the Roosters. 73% completion played 74%, 124 plus running metres for Cronulla, four line breaks to four, 38 tackle busts to 53, six offloads to eight, one force dropout from Cronulla, 352 tackles played 361, 15 errors to 12, four penalties conceded to six, two inside the 10 against the Roosters and a sin bin against the Roosters. Uh, game ended up being very frantic, I thought, nervous in attack, um, First half was all the Roosters being very nervous and unsettled in their in their attacking structure, and the Sharks were pretty settled early. Um, they were they were going through the motions. They were dominating the middle with the likes of Royce Hunt, uh, Blake Braley, and McGuinness really digging in in behind the the markers and causing a lot of problems uh, for the Roosters in and around the ruck. And then they went away from it in the second half. I don't know what, what that was all about. Well, but that was they the story did. of both these games. There was periods in. Both these next two games we're going to talk about, where for the first 15 minutes I thought Sharks were going to win by 20. Mm-hmm. Then I thought Roosters were going to win by 20. Mm. Then I thought Sharks were going to win by 20 again. And the same thing happened in the Newcastle game. Yeah, 100% but, it did. Uh, the, the seesaw was, uh, yeah, 
Pretty yep. crazy, actually. And I think the Sharks um, buckled mentally, to be honest. Uh, they only put on six points in that first half, and I think that really unsettled them coming into the second half because um, with all the dominance in that, you know, they pretty much owned that entire 40 minutes in the first half. And the fact that they only put six points on, I think, really rattled them. And uh, the, that's they started to get really frantic, towards the back, uh, especially towards the back end of the second half. And that's when the Roosters seemed to come into their own, actually. Um, even even though when everything was going wrong for them, the blokes getting uh, sent to the bin and blokes getting injured left, right and centre, they, they really settled down. The likes of um, Kiri and uh, Walker really stepped up and started getting the ball out to the edges uh, really quickly. And there was, a, there was a period there for about 15, 20 minutes where they were just carving through the outside backs of Cronulla um, with footwork and pace and causing no end of problems for the Sharks, having to turn around and run back and chase them into the corners. They managed to stop them most of the time, but um, yeah, it was uh, it was very uh, unsettling the way that they were destroying the outside backs. Brandon Smith really changed the tempo for the Roosters. I thought uh, about ten minutes into that second half, or whenever it was that he came on there in that second half, and he really started to open up in behind the ruck for the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I said, as I said, the Sharks went away from it. That's where the Roosters really started there. It's to step up in that second half, and it was Brandon Smith that opened them up three or four times in the space of about ten minutes, and off the back of that, they hit the edges and um, yeah, carved the Sharks apart there for a ten or fifteen minute mm. period. Just uh, I know we're going, we've sort of gone chronological. The two I want to wrap your front rows. They mm-hmm. were fantastic in the first half. Toby Rudolph uh, and Hunt were both physical and yeah. put it really put it on them. Really gave it to the Roosters and mm-hmm. allowed them to. Uh, th- those two are pretty much the reason you should have been up by. Probably 18 points at halftime. Problem was the bench didn't add a great deal yeah. when, they, when they did get involved, unfortunately. Um, yeah, as I said, they can, they're making massive metres up against the Sharks. They started panicking, making making errors. But then um, the ricochet and uh, Trindle runs down the other end of the field and they get Teddy sent to the bin for 10. And the next 10 minutes was a procession for the Sharks and they could not score. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how. how they opened them up five, uh, six, again, seven, eight like times. That was where I was like, oh, the game's over. This mm. will be 20 to six and yeah. that's it. Like every time they touched the ball in that next yeah. 10 minutes, they opened them up, down that, especially down that left edge. And they were making 20, 30 metres at a time that camped down the Roosters' end and they could only get over for the one try, which was actually quite a nice um, catch and pass from Nico to put Molotano over in the corner and they actually had to work to get the get that ball over there but I don't understand how they didn't open them up two or three other times <laughs> they they only seemed to be concentrating on that left hand side they didn't really go to the middle uh, they wanted to go for side to side whereas obviously you play a short you go one two three through the guts draw the defence in and then start hitting the edges but I thought the game plan was a little bit um, we, they got a we, bit lost but there that was at, we were critical of Sharks earlier in the year when they couldn't win games yep. that it was left to right Right to left, left, left. And they got into yeah. a bit of that, um, especially with the one man short. And uh, I, you need to, I, you ne- I need to, I need to wrap the Roosters' defence. Oh, because they've lost Teddy, especially in the first. They've half. lost Manu. Mm. They lost Swali and Billy Smith had a broken jaw for half of that. They had Crichton out on an edge. They had uh, Sia Wong on the edge with yes. him, and uh, and a bloke that's played what fifteen first grade games or something. Parga, Parga. Uh, yep. And their scramble, as it has been in this run to the finals was, was phenomenal. Like, yeah. Kept them in this game. Desperation. Even in the first half. The Lindsay goal, Collins running down Trindle again. That first half. Uh, it led yes. to the, 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 he, you know, to him to run him down. They held up Jack Williams over the line. Yeah. I thought the McGuinness one 
surely part of that ball touches the line, but That's another one that was held up over the line. Well, he wasn't really held up. He landed on the ground, but <laughs> somehow the ball didn't hit the ground. Um, just, yeah, blown opportunities. I think they dropped one over the line, basically. it was. I think it was Katoa was basically hit on the chest with an open line in front of him and dropped it. Um, one minute to go with Teddy off the field. You're 10 metres in front and you get a penalty and you kick the two. Yeah. Like, I know it's semi-finals football and it got him out to a two-point lead, but isn't that the time where you try for that? You've know, you got three tackles there to 10 metres out to try and open them up and put four to six points on them at that mm. point, which would have been – I think they win the game from there if they take that opportunity rather than kicking the two. Yeah. But, no, fair. Um, they also didn't try – They and, and I actually thought the Walker field goal was taken quite early. Yes. Uh, but – there was no real intent to chase that down until the last two minutes when it got real frantic Absolutely. from Nico. And then they had the two scrambled shots. Um, and we waited till the last both times. Exactly, yeah. There was one there, they were on the third tackle, and I was screaming at the TV, take it. Now, they yeah. were dead set 10 metres out, directly in front. Nico was 10 metres behind the play, sitting there waiting to take the ball. And then he sweeps off to an edge. I was just like... Just fucking take the. There's a minute, two minutes left in the game, or it might have been three minutes left in the game. Just even it up now. Take the yeah. one, and you know they're not going to be charging out of the line at you like they did, and charge them down both times. Like it's just having that little bit of forethought to go. Okay, when when are they not expecting us to take it? Mm-hmm. Just fucking take it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Too many times you see it get down to the last play, yep. and you saw it and in the next game make, as well. I was about to say, I'm going to make my note because <laughs> Fogarty did it about three four or four times, times in three the or extra four times. Yeah. There was one where they got a penalty, and he we did it twice in regular time, I think, and twice yeah. in extra time. There was one time. where the very yeah. first play of extra time, and I know it's ten extra time. Uh, he had a shot ten out right in front, and he's kicked to the corner. Yeah. Uh, maybe not ten out, but it was a cross field bomb instead of just having a shot. Yeah. But that's we'll get to that game. Yeah, and that's yeah. You take it when you they're not expecting it, really. But um, what can you say? Roosters fought so hard, and um, at the end of the day, I thought the Sharks probably were the better team for longer in this match and should have won this game. But uh, they went out of their way to make some pretty dumb uh, playmaking decisions at the wrong time, and the Roosters capitalised when when Teddy came back on. I pretty much resigned to the fact that it was all over. To yeah, be honest. Yeah. Um, and it, they got close enough. It's good to see them fight um, rather than, like, I thought their, their way out of the finals last year. They, they had a really good game against the Cowboys, but then got pretty well controlled and smacked in the yeah. next one. So I know, you know, they finished sixth, and it's probably about where they deserve to finish realistically with the squad that they've got. They're now going to need probably two or three forwards going forward next year, and um, I think they need another centre and push Talakai back into the middle, but I've only been saying that for a year and a half, but we'll, we'll see if they decide to do it or not. And probably wouldn't hurt to get another um, another backup centre, really. But uh, other than that, well done, the Roosters. You did absolutely get back, and that gives you a trace yeah, as a centre. Yeah, 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 true. But um, uh, Roosters absolutely busted their ass. It was tremendous effort on effort uh, at times where they really didn't. Uh, they had to drag themselves back into a game that they didn't have any right to be in, realistically, and they were brilliant in the, the amount of effort that they put in. Um, what do we say here? I thought um, the two misconversions really hurt. So did the first Sydney Roosters try. I thought that was really soft where they let Terrell May just crab across field, push two blokes off and one pass hits Manu and then they score in a corner like this. They shot them, They lost the game themselves, I thought, the Sharks here. And 
maybe hopefully they learn some lessons next year. Even, they are even, a young even squad. Even a second try was a team that generally happens to the un, uh, yeah, sorry, it bounces happens off to the feet. An unlucky team or two yeah. that I don't know. And, you know, they've, they're a very young squad. I think they're the second youngest squad in the comp. So hopefully they'll learn some lessons and next year they can um, they can grow from that. But we'll a see full, what A full preseason with those halves in that combination mm-hmm. can only help. Mulatalo was the best of the back five. Um, Hunt, Williams were decent. McGuinness and the Cora were very good. Hines was the Sharks' best. He tried his ass off, made some bad decisions, but was still their best player on the field, I thought. Uh, Billy Smith, Manu caused plenty of problems out in the edges, as I mentioned. Walker and Collins were good. Collins has grown another leg this year. Um, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I backed him last year to have the season of his life and then did an ACL in the first game or whatever it was. It was out, out for the year. But, yeah, he's really progressing well. Terrell May was brilliant, as was Nat Origins Butcher. Are, our origins are best thing that happened to Lindsay Collins this year. Yeah, yeah. He's absolutely. come back and just become a he, – he'd almost be, if you're picking from since then – not my first choice, but he'd almost be top, top three, top three top props. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, Walker Collins, May and Butcher were, were fantastic, and and so was uh, Brandon Smith. And see it Wong playing out of position. Mm. Um, some of the tackles he made were pretty. Uh, you know, well they were they were essential. Really, yep. the Sharks were away, and he was the one covering across, trying to grab blokes, and he stopped Talakai once or twice close to the line, just stopped him dead where. He, he may have pushed off a, a normal centre rather than a back row. But, um, yeah, I thought he was he was brilliant again. Those two interchange blokes, they've got some good ones going forward there in um, Wong, Terrell May and – yeah, Terrell, Terrell May and Sia Wong. They, they've got something going on there. I think he's more exciting than – maybe we got a, even excited about your Tupanua last year. I think he's a better player, more complete player than it Looks Wong. like it. Uh, and I'll mention him because he's the only bloke he didn't mention. But Victor Adley had a good game. Just, I, was I don't mind putting a boot just up. about Keep to going. say he go was on. the best player on the field. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you go. go ahead. No, no. I was about to say that. Well, I thought his defence was phenomenal in this game. Absolutely, it was. Uh, and but you go and say you said no, much better than me. Go for it. No, I don't All want. I was going to say was he's the best player on the field. Well, Absolutely works his guts out yeah. in the middle of the field. Uh, he, he was a part of just about every tackle when the forwards. In the, especially in that first half when the Sharks were dominating him a little bit through the middle. He was the one that was cleaning up all the scraps, uh, grabbing blokes as they were by the collar as they sort of half broke through the line. And he put a few really nice shots on in and around the, the ribs. I think he was the, the reason that um, Hazleton ended up with a torn stomach. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he, he really stopped a couple of blokes completely dead in the middle of the field. And his ball running, he wasn't doing anything stupid. He wasn't just offloading for the sake of offloading. There was no stray arms and knees and elbows. And he's really paired it back and he's really controlled compared to what he, he has been earlier in the year. Yeah, can't agree uh, Can't agree with you more there. So I assume he's getting three. Yeah, you got my three. Um, I had Bradley with three points, Sia Wong with two, yeah. and then I had Terrell May with the one. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, something different. Do you, want to, do you want to have a go dart or what do you want to do? Keep going. Yeah, keep going. We'll get yeah. this game out of Look the way. Look at this. 90 minutes we went with the last. Mm, we did. The last game of the round. 90 minutes. 28 to the Raiders. Played 30 to Newcastle. Uh, in a very, very good game of rugby league. Uh, and Barn, what did the stats say? Five tries apiece. Four out of five conversions for both teams. And one out of one penalty goal for Newcastle. Three missed field goal attempts for Canberra. 70% completion played 84% for Canberra. 292-plus running metres and 199-plus post-contact metres for the Canberra side. Four line breaks to four, 31 tackle bus to 49, six offloads to nine. 
Four force dropouts from the Canberra side. 438 tackles played, 364. 15 errors for Newcastle, nine for Canberra. All these stats say Canberra should have won by 20. Seven penalties conceded to five, one inside the 10 to one. Well, you know, you're thinking, in all fairness, you've got to say Canberra are the best team for 60 minutes. They were. It was, um, they came out very physical. Absolutely. Bash up, John, and <laughs> They uh, belted Newcastle. They just, well, they got fired up for this game, and I thought yeah. I think they, they obviously just figured this is how we're going to win. Considering you're missing back and, and Papali'i as well. Exactly. So I thought they were great. And those young forwards were all fantastic. Your Mariotas. Um, and they lost uh, old mate in the first couple of minutes too. Um, was that last week? I don't yeah, remember losing anyone. Lock. Yeah, oh. Puru. Oh, yes. Uh, Hoepa Puru uh, yes, yeah, yeah. was uh, – yeah, only lasted three minutes. So – uh, I thought they were all great and set the tone for the game. And mm. Newcastle didn't have answers for the, that first that whole time. And the, what changed the game essentially was the biting. And well, that's it, where teams are going to end up getting over Newcastle in this. Uh, we'll get to that in the in the preview. But um, yeah, I think the Newcastle forward pack, while it's been good enough to hold its own for sort of half of the season. At the start of the year, that's where they were getting absolutely flogged through the middle of the field. And, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you see something like that this week. But um, Canberra came out and absolutely bashed up in the, bashed Newcastle up in the middle of the field. Um, had a lot of, lot of momentum, a lot of field position. Again, probably hurt themselves a little bit with their strike. They're not being able to provide a few more points early when they did have that dominance. They're they still they still rely on either a Fogarty kick yes. or a Whiten or a Tomoko one on one offload or one hundred percent or a Hudson Young tackle bus barge over or maybe an offload from yeah. one of the forwards to that, create something. That, that is their whole game there's, plan. Yeah, there's not a whole heap of um, mm. ball playing that provides points for them. It's more a kicking game and a, a running individual efforts from some of the guys in the outside backs. They did go on a fifteen minute period there where uh, they really broke Newcastle open apart uh, Newcastle apart. At the back end of the first half, and we heard a, a few expletives and desk <laughs> slams, and the Newcastle people being told where to go <laughs> from one of our fellow uh, watchers here on the Sunday <laughs> afternoon. It's um, they lost a lot of um, momentum when Tarpane went off the field. Mm. Ten minutes before half time, ten minutes after half time, Newcastle. That's when Newcastle really gained that ascendancy back in the middle of the field, and then for the. For the next five or ten minutes, once Tarpane come back on, it was just that Newcastle were just hitting the edges. So it was um, it, Ponga and Young just putting on a show down that right-hand edge. Um, I think it was Whiten was defending out there with Frawley and they they were giving those two an absolute bath yeah. out there. Um, and it was really, again, it was probably only a, a 15, 20-minute period where Newcastle really got hit the front. But when they did, they put their foot down and put on a whole heap of points. In a, in a short stack of time. Um, Canberra should have been ahead 24, 26, 6 or whatever it was, or 10 at half time. Would they go in? 16, 10 or 16, 6? Uh, I think it was 16, 16 6 at half time. 6, yes it was. Yeah, and it should have been closer to 30 to 6, realistically, and then it would have been a real comfortable, easy win. There was some real good, again, there was some good scramble. Yeah, from Newcastle, Newcastle. But a lot of it was pinned on our own line. Gago was quite good mm -hmm. um, with that, uh, as was Fitzgibbon. But it just couldn't couldn't provide that ball. Mm. That's the biggest problem. Is like Fogarty's got one or two in him a game, but he need, he needs a foil. Um, was White in there 
at one point and he'd give them maybe one a game, but they, they really need... Even even the back, if you look at it last 15 minutes in isolation, they clearly won that. Mm-hmm. They had a, the, ricket, the intercept... Mm. Uh, no, I thought, I thought they were going to win it. Well, yeah, so did I. Mm. And even after they scored, yeah, they've still got two tries in them, but they just mm-hmm. don't have those points. They need that fullback that chimes in the line. Rapana, for all he's worth, absolutely busted his ass, 230-odd yeah. metres, was probing, looking for... But he's looking for someone to provide him something. Yes. He's not someone that joins the line and then provides anything for anybody yeah. else on his outside or his inside. But they they need somebody that can provide a bit of ball playing, whether it's a fullback, whether it's a back rower, whether it's uh, a five eight. I think they really need to go into the market and find another five eight and possibly a fullback. Uh, dare I say it? Um, I know I don't know. Savage has been on the outer. He looked like he was going to be that guy, but he never really got back into this team this year. So yeah, Even they, get, they get Seb Chris back. He's n- he's not really either. <laughs> Mm. He's something, but again, he's more of a, I guess he's a good centre more than uh, anything else. They need a couple of ball players, and considering how good Ricky was as a ball player during his career, he seems well, to struggle to find them. So. He, he's never had a great halfback under him, has he? Not he's really. He's never bought a Fogarty's halfback through. Fogarty's been the best that he's had. Even through and, Parramatta, he, he was pretty much set up when he got there, so. Yeah. I think through, uh, and very early on, obviously Craig Wing was... Um, a product of someone else, really. Hundred mm-hmm. uh, percent. Freddie yeah, was all right. They really need another couple of ball players in that side. Um, yeah, for all their dominance, only led by ten. Fitzgibbon offload was fantastic for mm-hmm. Ponga. Uh, that got him back into the game, and then Ponga went for a skirt down the right hand side, and him and Dom Young linked up a couple of times, and yeah, put it. That's when we, I think we both said <laughs> to our Canberra mate, um, "You're gone here. It's yeah. going to be forty. It's going to be forty to twenty by the time they're finished running down that edge." But Canberra, to their credit, really fired up back through the middle of the field, started making inroads in there again. Um, they did go from edge to edge. This is probably some of the better ball playing that I've seen out of Canberra for the mm. entire season. They did stretch Newcastle a few times on the edges, but they didn't quite sort of open them up as much as they should have. A um, couple of really nice tries to put the game back to what was it, twenty-eight all. <laughs> but the last Canberra tries where they actually did ball play ball through yeah. the middle and had two the offloads going inside and out. Absolutely, it was very nice. Heartbreaking way to lose a game. Yeah, penalty with what two minutes to go. Hudson Young was clearly offside, but um, previous game there was quite a few blokes that were clearly offside with two minutes to go as well, and <laughs> the whistle was kept in the pocket. So um, yeah, it's it's a hard one. How they don't call it in the other three games because there was millions of offsides coming into the last. I know the first two games it didn't matter, but the Sharks Roosters game, Roosters weren't onside for the last ten minutes. I'm mm. not going to say the Sharks were either, but <laughs> the whistle yeah. didn't come out once. I, and then to, to you know cost Canberra a game, it comes out with a minute and a half to go. So I, I, and it would have been a penalty anyway because White and cleaned up Ponga with a yeah. shot to the head. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> I. I, I I was, as I said earlier, was critical of Fogarty choosing, I don't know if you even call it, game management ship overtaking that shot. He should, he should have had a shot. Yeah, he shouldn't have been kicking the minute that he got corner. a chance. Yeah, 100%. And then, you, and then you worry about trying to defend it. Yeah, and then you start again. Yeah. And it's evens again. And, and that was in the first yeah. 90 seconds of that It was of the extra time, 100%. Uh, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. They had plenty of field position too in that extra time period and obviously couldn't break him open. Um, three field goals charged down everywhere. doesn't... Mm-hmm. Doesn't help, but um, I thought Rappano was awesome. Worked himself into the ground. White and Frawley were okay, but um, yeah, didn't 
provide enough. Tapane, Mooney and Starling were all very good. Mariota and Whitehead were fantastic. And um, Young was probably their best player. Or Young and Whitehead were the two the two best players for the, the Canberra side. Mazu, Gamble and Frizzell were all very good. Elliot had a fantastic game, I thought. He did. And as did um, Phoenix Grossland. I don't know where that bloke learned how to tackle because at the start of the year he was a dead well, we set were, turnstile when we, he was defending we at 5'8". We scoring him at the start of the year. When he was defending at 5'8", blokes would just run past him for fun and yeah. laugh at him as they ran past him. <laughs> and now he's just belting blokes and making 60 tackles a game. Maybe it's a, a story of hard work. The, the one you saw yeah, just absolutely. quickly brushed over is, I want to wrap Tyson Gamble because yes. where he came from, what he's done last few years, he's can be a bit of a hothead. Mm-hmm. I think this last, since, especially since Jay Hastings got injured, I think he's been great. Like yeah, great. especially the last two or um, three weeks. And he now he, he knows yeah. his game where he, he doesn't try to do anything. He's not, he's not trying to mm-hmm. kick 40-20s every set. He's not trying to throw rainbow balls, but he knows he's no, a running he's half. He's going to run hard. Gets in the same, he's right got spot. a nice little short ball here yeah. and there. And mm-hmm. um, grub us through when he needs to, but then just allows Ponga to do what he needs to when he needs to. Uh, and I thought he was very, very good in this game. Absolutely was, yeah. But um, Young and Ponga were the difference. Mm-hmm. Dominic Young and um, there's so, even that young long, that Ampon. last young try. There's something nice about I don't know what it is. It's that that when there was an intercept and Gamble's you know half making half a break, he knows he's got nothing. But you just see Young looming, <laughs> uh, and it's like it's the same with Jason Saar. But you just like you know it's like when you're watching a movie, you know what's going to happen, mm. and then when it does happen, it's just like satisfying. You just you see the, sh- the just the shadow of Young and the fullback looming on Gamble, and he goes, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sweet." Now. And they actually do get to him, and yeah, he just and he, big extended yeah. arm, bang in the middle of the chest, and, and off he off. goes. But what a what a player! I gave him three him. points. Fair enough. Actually, yeah. I know Ponga was uh, was creative at one or two different op- opportunities, but Young was the man that. Every opportunity they gave him, he he uh, finished every time. Like he was the one that was charging mm-hmm. down the sideline, throwing the ball, picking perfect passes back on the inside to put people away. Yeah. Uh, just constantly working, two hundred and thirty odd meters again, mm-hmm. which I think he's put out for the last five or six weeks in a row. Ponga with two, and I actually gave Cross on the one. Sixty okay. odd tackles, couple of scoots out of dummy half, yeah, that's and fair. some good oh, service. I, I, I went gamble, so. but I'm okay with Crossland. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I said last week, what a, what an advertisement for confidence! Like these blokes, we wouldn't we would have laughed if another club signed them in the off season, <laughs> or bar maybe three of them, hundred uh, percent, and maybe even those three. Um, and old mate O'Brien it. was on the chopping block at round ten. Yeah, apparently, yeah, even laughed at that. Mm. Yeah, so uh, what a yeah. Well, he came out. Story. He was addressing the rumours. He said, yeah. "Yeah, they've come and spoken to yeah. me, and they've told well, me." I think this they met and with Holbrook. They met with yeah. someone else. So. Yeah, what a story. Like, he was our, our favourite whipping boy a year ago. and well, uh, I think we all tipped him to be to the first coach. Exactly. Oh, second. We all had Hook as the first. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we, um, but he, uh, it, it seems like he's reigned in a lot. I think he's learned as well. It feels like he's not trying to be that angry man or whatever he's trying to be. And he he sounded <coughs> yeah, much more. He's got the boys in and around him a little bit more. Yeah, and, sounded mm. much, you know, more, I don't want to say professional, but much more level-headed in a lot of his press conference stuff. And So kudos to that whole club. The, the Ponga resurrection continues and uh, maybe in, in 20 years' time the story will be the Penrith repeat, but I, I think it's a story we, at least we shouldn't lose and what, what a comeback it's been for, for Ponga this year mm. and, and this club. So, uh, to well, I mentioned him the first time I saw him, I, we go back, I'm pretty sure it was on the show three, four years ago, mentioned that I thought he was going to be a superstar mm. down the track and he... Um, 
he went missing there for two or three mm. years and I was pretty concerned. But, yeah, this year's been something to behold. Yeah. So kudos to everyone involved up there. Uh, we're going to quickly wrap up. We've got to give out our usuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are for a pot plant of the week. Who? Oh, Tonomapia. Oh, there you go. You he got carved apart. Um, made seven runs for about 40-odd metres. Made 12 tackles, missed six of them, and was just out of position consistently. I, I had him, but I'll, I'm going to go. It's pretty hard in the finals to pick a pot plant. I know, I know. Uh, and, uh, but I'll just, I'm going to go with Munster just because I don't, he was similar, and I don't think he offered much in attack. No, he didn't. So I'm going to make him the pot plant. I'm going to, let's go for a slap, and I will go with a tricky one again, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Jack White for biting. Yeah. Uh, I know it, it, lots of people defend it as well, but uh, yeah, a result there. looked a bit silly to me. Mine's uh, Sharks um, playmaking decisions at crucial times. The, my next one was going to be the Raiders playmaking because they should have won that, <laughs> and it actually was going to be Fogarty because... He should have asked that game, really. Yeah. But you go. Same with mine. Uh, the not Taking the two with Teddy still off the field for a minute to go was, um, yeah, a very poor decision in my my opinion. Why the Sharks didn't take a few opportunities earlier when they were in good field position after, you know, carving the defence apart, not having a set line charging at them with five minutes to go. Even their field goal setup mm. wasn't that good. No. Like, he was trying to shoot. He was but trying to be as close to in front of as he can, but... He should have been deep and trying to back himself. You, or, you know, you've stretched the stretched them all the way down the field. They're on their own ten yeah. meter line. You've still got players running back to get back on side. Yeah, two passes and straight over. Yeah, but what do you do? Um, yeah, so that was my slap. The sharks. Some of the decisions that the sharks made in that game. Three games, Jack Whiten. Yeah, okay. So it's not too bad. I guess it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't think once he was guilty, he was never getting less than that. So Would South will pay him about forty-five grand to, to train with him for the first three weeks of the year. Well, <laughs> I'm sure we do preseason. Anyway, uh, I'm going to salute the Chooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I was wrapping the Knights, I think uh, from where they came from back when we were, at one point we we're nearly throwing them in the bottom three. Yes, uh, they're in the bottom three. To where they've got to, and to produce that effort, missing four key personnel. Spending in Teddy for 10 minutes. Still not at their best. Uh, and still not being at their best. To win that game takes uh, tremendous character. Absolutely. It does. And I'm going to salute them. 100%. Mine's a sublime sevens, mate. The two number sevens from the t- the top two teams in this competition, they just come out and absolutely rubber stamp. They are the best two sevens running around in the competition at the moment. And when their teams needed them, they absolutely st- stood up and took control of both of those matches. Fantastic. That has been our look back on week one. We've got week two to talk about soon. That show will be up as well. We've got our Daggy M Awards coming up next two. Check out rugbyleaguemerch.com. Buy some uh, hats, steins, shirts, and all the good stuff up there. Leave us some feedback through all the socials. We uh, definitely and will get better at that over the off-season and into the next year about trying to engage everyone a bit better because we do get some fantastic feedback. Subscribe uh, to Spotify and YouTube if you haven't already. And we'll be back with the preview of round two of the finals very soon. See you guys. Bye.